Loading with the F Podcast, episode 13. Hi, this is What the F Podcast, the podcast that asks the most important question in the world. What the F? Mm-hmm. What the F? And so I'm going to ask you, what the F? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. I am Tamara. And I'm Rebecca. <laughs> and welcome to our show. Hi. Hi. Episode 13. 13. So we have a 13, we have a Friday the 13th theme. Uh-huh. Right? Yes. So both of our stories we'll be sharing happened on a Friday the 13th. And Friday the 13th was last Friday, so. I know, I know. So it's very fitting. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Although my story is not from last Friday, so. No, this mine is isn't either. It'll be good. Mine's from a few years ago. Take a so little break a from current day, <laughs> from the very current day at least. <laughs> yeah. So what was your, how's your week been? My week's been good. I was um, in Colorado. Um, we were in Breckenridge. The pictures were adorbs. <laughs> Did you have somebody take those? No, we took them. Selfies? Uh-huh. Did you have a selfie stick? No. Oh. I took those. <laughs> I took those. I took those pictures. I took all those pictures. Aww. We were like on a gondola, so we were like 10,000 feet up in the air. And, Scary. Um, yeah, everybody was surprised I was taking pictures because they were like, you could lose your phone. Like seriously, because mm-hmm. all your, all the, all below you is just trees. Yeah. And so I just took them really quick <laughs> and then put my phone back up. But yeah, Ugh. it was it was pretty cool though because you're just like up. It's so high. How long does it take to get up there? Mm, it wasn't very long. Um, I think in total maybe 20 minutes or so, probably. Okay, so it wasn't it wasn't super long to take us to get up there. Do you think it could have been too long? Is it like okay, this Mm-mm. is we need to be done. But you no, enjoyed it so much, it was, could have been longer. And you oh, yeah, it, it could have been totally longer. It's so beautiful and so nice. And then, you know, we're just chatting and we're looking. I mean, people threw things in trees, so you see, like, bras. Oh, trees. my goodness. <laughs> Is that a thing? Yeah, I guess people do that. There's, like, beads and stuff in trees and boots. Could you see them down there? Yeah, we could see them below. So it's, like, obviously people like had a, thrown them yeah. below us Color and below stuff. in the white. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh-huh. It was funny. So it's funny. People throw their things. And we were wondering how many people have lost, like, their phones and stuff, you know? Right. And, and what do you do? Does somebody go collect it every so often? I don't know. I think it's kind of just lost there because how are you going to find it? Because there are just a million trees and stuff, and it's just so much. And it's so far below you. It was just, like – we're like, your phone probably wouldn't even survive. If it did, you know, good luck finding it. You know, I think it's just gone. <laughs> I'm always afraid, like, on things like that with my feet hanging, that I'm going to lose my shoes. Um, like, some people had their shoes off. Some people took off their shoes and had them in their lap. Well, then I'd be afraid that I would, like, jerk <laughs> just drop and them. throw him. It's So, like, I'd be sitting on them. It's kind of would... scary. It is kind of scary. You have to, like, let those thoughts leave because it is kind of like you are. Those thoughts do, like, at first go through your head kind of like, oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to lose my shirt. Yeah, like, I don't I know, just, so yeah it is kind of like, well, yeah, because I kind of like that was my shoes. So I slip on shoes and I was just like, what if I lose my shoes? And I was like, okay, yeah, you can't yeah. think like that. You can't. Did you? So what did you do when you got up there? Um, There was like a restaurant okay. up at the top and stuff. And then they had like other activities and things like that. So, yeah. Did you do like the bunny hill or anything? No, we didn't do anything. There wasn't very much snow. There was like a little oh. bit. 
of snow. Not a lot. Okay. Um, I think there's um, some people were, you know, doing some things, but it wasn't enough snow really to do much. Okay. Anything like that. Is it cold? It was cool. So we're having like, you know, 90 degree weather. There it was 70s was Mm -hmm. the high. And then at night it was 50s. So people in Colorado, you guys have awesome weather and I'm so jealous. We were actually cold the first night we got there because we were dressed in Kansas City like because I had on like a tank top and shorts. And I think Rex had that on too. And we get there and we are freezing because for some reason I'm thinking 50s. I'm thinking just jacket weather. Not not like you probably need a lightweight sweater on and jeans on. And so we had to turn on the heat when we got into our place. That's crazy. And it's not that far away. No, we had to turn on our heat. And so probably like every night we needed like the heat and stuff. Um, We saw a fox in front of our door. Was it big? (laughs) No, it was a little fox. It was actually really cute, but it scared me because it was late at night. And we were probably, we were drinking outside and it was probably like 10 or 11 and it's pitch black. And where we were staying, we, we were in a Airbnb, but it's like, um, in a wooded area It's very beautiful. Mm-hmm. And we were just talking about animals. And I go, what if a bear or something comes by? <gasps> and Rex is like, no, it's too residential around here. There's houses and stuff. And I'm like, we can hear animals. Like, we could hear animals in the background. Like, I could hear foxes mating. And I know that sound. And oh. so, yeah. And so I was What does like, a fox sound like when they're having sex? It's weird. It's kind of like the screeching <laughs> sound. <laughs> it's this weird screeching sound. And so I knew it was foxes mating. And so, and then all of a sudden, there's just this fox. He just comes strolling by, just strolling, not running. And he just looks, <laughs> stops and looks at us. Uh-huh. And I go, I run inside our place because we have, we were on the ground floor and our windows were all uh, ground. Like he could literally jump in and- The windows were open? Yeah, we had all the windows open. Uh-uh. And, asking and so, for someone to come in. I know. And- so <laughs> I just hurry up and shutting them and they're these uh, like, oh, mm. they're hard to shut windows and stuff. And the fox was like not leaving and Rex was trying to shoot away. And it wouldn't go. <laughs> it was I've like never seen a rocker. Scared. He's over there like, we are like, I've never seen a rocker before. It's like, I've never seen a fox. It's and hilarious. So, and it wouldn't go. And oh, man. I know. It was funny, though. And so. To think that somebody's normal is really kind of funny to me. <laughs> you know? That's normal to some people. Well, yeah. And so I went ahead and I Googled, like, Friendly Fox and Breckenridge, and people can do that, and came up this YouTube video, which showed our, the place where we were staying. Really? Somebody had filmed that same fox two years ago. It was that exact same fox. What a sly And they were fox. trying to feed him and stuff and everything, and he's so cute. So if anybody wants to Google and look at that up on YouTube. Oh, my God. He's, like, adorable. Shout like, out. He looks like a little puppy, actually. And if I'd known he was friendly, I would have stayed out there. <laughs> but well, I, didn't know he was, he, I didn't know he was friendly. I didn't know if he had rabies or something. Listen, you know? the chances of an animal becoming I, an animal and having right, animal instincts is exactly. high. So, so right, stay so safe. I was like, I ran inside. Yeah. <laughs> you don't know what triggers an animal no, to go nuts. Exactly. That's what Rex is like. He's like, why did you run inside? I'm like, I don't – come on. Listen – Come on. I like my face. <laughs> <laughs> I just was picturing it like biting and stuff. Yeah, we come back from Colorado. Yeah, we got rabies. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, that's not a good shout out. Even when I was scared of it, in my head, I was like, he's really cute. Right, that's <laughs> so, but, so funny. But yeah. 
So we had fun there. We actually surprised my parents. My parents were there um, on a vacation. They didn't know that we were going to come. We decided last minute, really, too, because we were going to go to Colorado. And then we were just like, well, my parents are already there. Let's just go and surprise them. So we surprised them. They had no clue. I wish I had recorded um, when we showed up because <laughs> they were, were you so staying shocked. In the same place? No, we or? tried to stay in the same place. We couldn't because their place was booked up. So that's why we ended up getting an Airbnb, which actually worked out really great because we the place we stayed at was awesome. Right. And I'm just so surprised that we even got that last minute. But um, so we went to their place and uh, knocked on their door and said like they had a delivery and you know they're like wrong room (laughs) no no i'm like no (laughs) you're lucky they were like not it took them a while entertaining oh it took them a while she's like oh great tamra's here (laughs) and we were kind of like oh no they were so happy (laughs) sorry mom yeah i know that's i I told rex i was like what if they were like oh god you know but no you could tell they were like super excited that we were there and stuff and my mom's like i can't believe this and both of them they were just like in shock they were just like cannot believe this this is the best thing they're really excited about it so she sold it hardcore <laughs> but yeah so it was it was a good trip i'm glad that we did it <laughs> i really want to go to colorado so you should and breckenridge was nice i mean i've been to several cities in colorado and um all of them have been nice and breckenridge was super nice i would definitely go back there again okay and definitely go in the summer it's nice to go in the summer because especially from kansas city mm-hmm. weather which is so hot, hot and then you go there and i mean you're wearing long sleeves like, what right. in the world? You're wearing jeans, long sleeves. Love that. It's so weird. I want to do it for photos, too. Oh, you should. Because it's so gorgeous mm-hmm. and stuff I, there. In my head, I'm going to have a wedding there that I'll be photographing there. So whenever that happens, I'll yeah. be okay with that. People do that all the time mm-hmm. there. So, yeah. <laughs> I wish I had gone to Colorado. But did I? Did you see my text that I, I sent you text about what I did? Did I tell you that – Okay, know. okay. Mm. So we're in Kansas City, and right now uh, Queer Eye is mm. in town. Mm-hmm. They're in Kansas City. And I love Like they're filming the whole season here. Right. Mm-hmm. And so the gym that I work out in, like you can see their, where they're staying. Like their. this time. Like where their condo their is. Their condo is. Right. So at the end of the show, they go back to their condo right. and do a little thing. Uh-huh, it's going to be in that space. Which is awesome. And so, of course, I find out that they're in town. I'm on my way to the gym anyway. I pass by what I as it's like kind of happening as I'm driving there. It's like, oh, they're gonna stay in this place, and I'm mm-hmm. like, I can see that place. Uh-huh. And um, I was like, they're gonna be working out at my gym. There's just no way, right? Because it's right by there, right? Mm-hmm. So before work, um, heading into the studio the next day, I was telling mm-hmm. my kids, I'm like, listen, mom's gonna go work out today, <laughs> and I'm gonna run into them. Like I already know it. Oh, you just and, put it out there. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so I just kind of felt like it was gonna happen anyway, mm-hmm. and so. I go to go work out and I walk into the gym <laughs> and I look over to the water fountain area oh my and Tan ah! is standing there <laughs> and another girl recognizes him and they oh, do this like at the same time. Yeah, they recognize him like it was kind of like this, oh my gosh, it's oh, you type of a uh-huh. response. And she gave him a hug. And I just stood there and I verbally was like, what like what the fuck? <laughs> Like <laughs> you couldn't say anything. I was like, are you done? No, 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 no. Well, like, I was, like, he as it was like as he was talking to her, I uh-huh. was just like, oh my god, what the fuck? <laughs> and so as I say that, somebody kind of brushes against my shoulder, and I look up, uh, and it's Antony. Oh my god! And I was like, oh my. <laughs> How this- was his hair? Was it all flowing or? 
An- no, that's Jonathan. Oh, right. Jonathan's Sorry. the flow. Yes, and Anthony's the co- he does the cooking. Yes, okay, gotcha. And um, and so he was like in a hoodie, and mm-hmm. he had like he was completely like. I'm not me right now. I'm going to work out. <laughs> and um, Dan looks so just like he does, uh-huh. you know, vibrant. He's uh-huh. like, there's like sunshine uh-huh. fl- following him around. <laughs> and so I, I looked at him and he sees me and I'm kind of like gaping mouth, like staring at uh-huh. him. Like I'm stupefied right now, <laughs> looking like a like a garbage bag, you know, because I'm going to work out. Right. And um, I said, oh, my God, hi. And he goes, he's like, hello. And then he walked <laughs> by. And so then I'm like, oh my god! Okay, so like they're working out here, uh-huh. and I went to go do my to my machine that I normally go to, and I'm setting what up. What were they there. doing? Okay, so um, Anthony got on the stair step uh-huh. and was doing that, and then um, uh, Tan was grabbing. So like I'm at this machine, and Tan is right, like in t- like I could put my arm out and touch him. Like he's yeah, just, like, getting the stuff. Like he's uh-huh. just going to the gym, getting his stuff. It right. was normal human behavior. Right. And so he goes over. <laughs> And he um, does like the the he le- he leaned against the um, bench, okay, and did the butt lift where you stand, you get your feet up, and then you're lifting a yes. a, a circled weight, <laughs> and you stand kind of this, this right. butt lifting uh-huh. thing. And he did that for a while, and then I'm doing I'm tr- I'm like shaking, texting like you got to be fucking <laughs> kidding me. They're right here. Um, text my daughter uh-huh. like uh, they're uh, here, you know, and some. <laughs> I was like, okay, now I got to put the phone down and try to, like, work out. Be normal. And so I did. I got in a workout. It was not my best. Were you just looking at them the whole no. time? No. I was not looking at all. I really? was like, I am not looking. I'm not going to be that person. I think I still would be in the corner well, of my eye. I'd be like, Well, still. of course, there was a there was definitely moments where it was like, oh, there they are. I'd be still like, are they still here? And there they are. Right. It was like, oh, there they are again. But it was like, I didn't want to be awkward. No, because, you don't want it. No. So, because if they're going to be at the gym and I'm going to be at the gym – then I, I eventually want to say hi and have it a genuine conversation because mm-hmm. we go to the gym. Mm-hmm. Like, he's they've seen me there. No, you want to be know. normal. Right. You don't want them to be like, oh, my God, it's her. She's right. that crazy fan. And Right. right. I'm yeah. not going to be like that. No. Um, and so that that's kind of the coolest thing that has happened to me. <laughs> um, and then I've been doing mom duties, taking my kid to swim lessons. That's been my week. <laughs> or two weeks, I guess, because it's been about two weeks. Oh, yeah, that's right, because we didn't record last week. So, yeah. You were out of town. I was out of town. <laughs> On a lover's trip. <laughs> a lover's trip. In the mountains. In the mountains. That sounds like way better. <laughs> In a cabin. In a cabin. <laughs> yeah, no, it was fun. It was good. Yeah, um, I guess because of summer, we've been taking vacations good. and stuff like that. So it's sure. good. Yeah, so it's exciting. But so, what's that, what's the what the f of the the week? <laughs> we were just talking about well, it. Oh, we were talking about it, and we we're talking about how crazy this is that these damn Kardashian slash Jenners. Um, yep. <laughs> so Kylie Jenner, who's the youngest of the Jenner, the Jenner. Is she younger than the boy? What? Oh, um. He's older. God, than why can't I not think of his name right now? Rob. Oh, we don't yeah, know. she's younger than Rob. He's got enough attention. So Kendall is the model. Kylie has cosmetics empire. Yes. Yes. And she is set to be the youngest self-made billionaire. Quote unquote. Quote unquote self-made. Well, self-made. I has mean, its mommy own. helped her, right? She's a mommy. She's a rich kid. She's a rich. I mean, she's she already on a, a TV show. 
I you mean, know? I, so she already had, like, all this. I mean, she she had so much behind her. It wasn't well, like she came from scratch. Right. Not saying mm-hmm. that she hasn't worked. Not saying that she hasn't done stuff, made decisions. Listen, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, she's made decisions. I don't know. She's gone to meetings. I'm not going to pretend that I know anything she's about her. She's gone to meetings. She's gone to, to, you know, she's made decisions. I'm sure she feels like she has struggled in her life. That's all I'm saying. I'm sure she feels. Anyway, so they are setting up. <laughs> I'm like silent on that. I know. They are setting up a, uh, her fans are setting up a, no, not her oh. fans. Okay, her fans are setting up a um, a GoFundMe account to donate in her cause to make sure she quickly, so becomes, quickly becomes the first yeah, they want to make sure that she's going to. She's already had it that way anyway. It's going to happen, people. Like, why does she have to be the first? Is it the first because you end up – I mean, her name will be on some book anyway. It's going to – I mean, can you imagine? So she's going to always have that now, be the first self-made billionaire. I mean, what does that do for I, you? It just makes – it doesn't do anything for us. Probably just makes us feel like. What does it what? do for her, though? What does it give her? It will see. I think, though, obviously, the status. Girl, well, and then something to one up her family, A her title. sisters, and stuff. Her sisters didn't do that. Kim didn't do that. What does it matter? So I think she has a competition with them and stuff. I mean, obviously, she went and had all this plastic surgery done so she could look like Kim. It's so crazy. And I mean, Tons. I mean, she looks like a totally different person than what she used to look like. Okay. I guess, I guess, let, let me go a little into there's clearly a psyche <sighs> issue. Oh, here. Totally. It's really sad <clears throat> and disturbing. Yeah. That she looks, not that you can't do alterations to no, yourself. Right, right. But to the extent Were you, okay. in which she I has, think, exactly. I think it's like, become a body dysmorphia. You look like a totally different person. That's something totally different than, hey. Face and body right, and hair yeah, and nails. Yeah, because I feel like if you're improving yourself, sure. Or if it's something that's going to make your self-esteem feel better, fine. And I get like maybe she probably did have low self-esteem being compared to Kim. Like, you know, you of come course. in this, and anyway, oh, you're the scrawny one or whatever they their say. Their whole family, their whole family is based on looks. Okay. So you're growing up in a horrible environment. Right. Horrible. How <laughs> old is she? Like 20. She's 20? Yeah, she's 20 oh, and just had a baby. She just, oh God. Yeah. Yeah. And so she grows up in this environment where it's all looks obsessed. And then she sees Kim, who gets all this publicity, who's famous because of how pretty she is, you know. And she's like, I don't look like her. And she knew everybody called her the ugly one. She had that name. That's awful. It's awful. It's awful. And um, her mom let her get all this surgery because her parents had to sign off on it. Because she got it all done at, like, what, like, 16, 17? So, Good God. I know. And she got, like, her whole face redone. She got boobs. She got butt. Lips, eyes. Everything. everything. Cheekbones, butt, thighs. I mean, nothing on her is real right now. It's, boobs, it's sad. And abs. it's like, you are this young. And also, she does not look 20. She looks like she's in her 30s. 
Here's the deal. <laughs> Everyone goes through an awkward looking phase um, and then be, yeah. you become like your natural you. Like, see. I feel like honestly <laughs> I look better than I did when I was 20. Well, see, uh, I, that's so funny because <laughs> I was thinking that the other day too because I was like, I think I look a lot better than what I did because I felt maybe not so I'm more uh, confident in how I True. feel too. True. You know, that's probably part of it. But I feel like a parent should have had that talk with her too. Oh, yeah. You know, like, hey, honey, like we all went through this where we all feel like shit and we compared ourselves to people and I mean, cause that's what you do anyway. When you're a teen, you're always comparing yourself to people and we compare ourselves to people, but you don't go and you go and get, make sure you look like that person too or whatever. Like what the fuck? It's a disease. It's a disorder. It's a, it's a condition, a body dysmorphia uh, yeah. where you are never happy with the way you look. I yeah. mean, she'll always be that way. And I think she still has issues obviously with it. I watched a makeup tutorial. And how do her sisters allow her to feel that way about herself? Because they feel that same way about themselves That's too. True. Their whole family is like fucked up. You know, they're it's all so fucked. Sad. They all get work done all the time. I can't imagine living in a family like that. And then where we're having conversations with each other, like, who did your who did your boobs? Who did your nose? Who did your, you know, and you're just doing it all the time. Or you're like, I'm going in next week to get da da da. Yeah, I'm on a rotating schedule. Yeah. Yeah. Or do they do the or do they do the whole pretending thing? Yeah, I just didn't naturally like that. Yeah, I just have my lips naturally do that. My ass is naturally this big, you know. It's a natural thing. It's so natural. My waist is naturally this small when my ass this big. So huge. They look like cartoon characters. That's like how bad their bodies are. It's just like not realistic. Mama, who? Okay, so but those people. Do you think they're all all narcissistic? Oh God! So you don't you think you'd have to be right? But there or there are people who are peer pressured and then always unhappy. Feel like they have to do this. So I also. feel like they have to keep yeah. up the image. So which one do you think is real? I think Kim mm. is not real, but uh, Chloe is real. Oh God! See, but I used to <laughs> I used to like Chloe, and I don't even like her anymore. I think she's just as fake as the rest of them. I think too. you become hardened to the society Maybe. of what you're put into, I, and so you do what you can to shut them up. I think like they think all this is normal now. You know, of I think course, this yes, because this is the world, and also when you surround yourself with luxury, that's all it is. And all their friends are like this, right? Everybody, and nobody's talking. No. <laughs> no real shit. No. Nobody's calling anybody out. No. Girl, you did not look right. like that yesterday. I know. You don't fucking even <laughs> don't. lie. Right. Exactly. <laughs> why are you lying? Like, why? Your ass was not that big. <laughs> Girl, don't, you, you don't always had a flat ass. <laughs> if you wanted a big ass, just say it. Yeah, I know. Was, yeah, nobody yeah. says anything. But you don't have to do that. They have all yourself. these enablers. Right. And all these people kissing their ass, and they hire people. Uh-huh. Like, their friends are not their real friends. They're, like, assistants and fake friends and stuff, and they're hired friends. Right. You know? So, that oh, my God. Mm. That that kind of thing rolls into kind of what we talked about before we even started. Uh, what? Which is about <laughs> calling people out or uh-huh. or people riding the wave of reality and, mm-hmm. like, you calling them out. Like, yeah. making that difficult decision. Uh-huh. You're like, okay, so please – why are you acting a fool? You can't be acting right, like that. Right, right, and right, right. you're not going to be able to sustain that behavior. Right. Or uh, like that's not the way you used to be. You probably should check yourself. Right. Like we were talking a little bit before the show about how um, people need people in their lives to like mm-hmm. call them out on their shit. And so, you know, they're not doing all this fake shit. Ridiculous <laughs> shit. They're out of control. Right. And there's some people who just don't do that and they don't have people in their lives to do that. 
or they don't take the advice that's given or maybe they <laughs> there's a lot of people that don't take advice that's given true you know and I mean I think we've been guilty of that of course <laughs> you have to be ready for but, it but you also have to know that you have these friends in your life like you know like if I know if I go to somebody they're gonna give me real advice but I think that also sugarcoat it. Well, some people don't have real friends. No, they don't know how to pick or le- let friends leave so the real ones can come in. So right. they want True. more friends. Or they push away the real yeah. ones because they push away the ones because that they give tell you them. Because the I've had that before too, where I've given friends like the, the tough, real advice, lo- tough love, right? And then they push you away. Yep. You know, but I feel like being a real friend is doing that. Yes. So I'm not going to be fake with you, and I'm not going to like if you're going to ask me, you know. A, a question, I'm going to give you a real response. I'm not going to like lie to you. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. No. I'm not going to, I mean, I'll deliver it in a way that you can hopefully digest. Yeah, hopefully it's not like in a bitchy way, but I'm going to. In gonna, a caring, compassionate way. But some people, when they hear things that they don't like, then they push someone away because of it. Because they're just like, you know, I'd rather be around somebody who's going to tell me good things and just tell me like, oh yeah, that guy's great for you. Right. And yeah, sure, he's calling you names, but he doesn't mean it. Or when he says he's sorry, he really is sorry. Right. <laughs> or even the one that calls you out when you are losing your shit. Yeah. And you're, like, out of control. And right. you're like, listen, Linda, you're uh-huh. out of control. Right. You need to slow it down. Yeah, slow your roll. Get your shit together. Let's breathe. Right. Let's journal. Right. Let's talk <laughs> about it. Right. And you're fine. You're right. going to be fine. Right. Right. Lots of breathing. And then lots of journaling. Yeah. <laughs> so if you and want then, to contact and me. And then they push you away. <laughs> and then they push you away. And then they're out of control. And then they're like, fuck you. Fuck you. Nothing ever changes. I know my life. I don't, you don't need know to breathe. Me. <laughs> you don't know me. Just because that worked for you doesn't mean it's going to work for me. <laughs> I don't have time for breathing. I don't have time for breathing. I'm not all like all holistic and. I don't believe in that shit. All that. Right. <laughs> You're all earthy. I'm not into that. Whatever. <laughs> It's too um, hard to be earthy. Oh, it's I'm tired. I'm tired. I uh, don't have time to be I can't earthy. I can't meditate. Meditation's boring. So basically Kim <laughs> and so basically what's her name? What, Kylie. Kylie. We need a we need a real what the fuck person. Oh my god. Yeah. Find them. I'm sure they're really hard to find. Contact me, Kim. I'll let you know. I can clearly handle famous people. I think people. they'd much rather – they'd probably just much rather have the people who kiss their ass, you know. Uh, of course. And, you know, their life is fine. They feel fine. They, it's good where know. it's comfortable. We don't want to go over the hurdle of change. I mean, Kylie was on the cover of Forbes magazine. None of that Forbes. means – none of it means anything. Forbes. Nothing. Forbes. <laughs> so crazy. But it's bragging rights for her family, I guess. I don't even like that. She she talked about um, – I read an article with her, and she had talked about how when her sister, Kendall, who's just like a year or so older than her, a year and a half or so older than her, started modeling, and she started getting all these big modeling jobs and getting covers of like Vogue and things like that, and she felt really low, and she felt like, well, she found her space. What, am, what about me? What am I going to do? So she started this cosmetic company – and she didn't really think it was going to do well, really. She was just like, let me just try it. And then, you know, the first few things she did just sold out totally. And she was just like, oh, I finally found my space now. You know, I found my space. And, you know, and so I feel like, um, and I mean, she's such, so young. Like, you don't have to find your space at that age. Like, you, you're, you, she was like, what, 18 or something. You don't have to find your space. Like, you can still figure things out. You don't have to know what you're going to do 
you know? And I don't know how Nobody that family... Nobody really... Not, not a lot of people really do. No, not at that age. Like, you're still figuring shit out, you know? And so it's just kind of like, it's just weird, you know? It was just kind of weird. I read that and I was just like, that kind of says something about that family there. Kind of mm-hmm. like, she must have felt pressure on her to, oh, for you sure. know? like For sure. Nobody... Well, yeah. listen, I... Can I, I bet that mm-hmm. her parents are so busy. <laughs> I mean, they're busy. And right. They're busy with the busy kids. Mm-hmm. Now, you need to be busy with me somehow. I'm going to have to do something that you'll have to be a part of my life now. Yeah. Because I'll need your help too. Like they have needed help. Right. I mean, it's just a call. Right. A begging for attention. I know. It is. It is. Mm-hmm. And then it her dad's a, now a woman. Is, a that, woman. is he still a woman? He, he is. Okay. She's still don't a woman. Don't hear much. Oh, she is. She's a woman. And I don't hear much about her um okay i know she has a a girlfriend i think now and stuff but yeah um i think she would love to be in the spotlight still but i don't really i don't think people are interested i don't think people are really interested i hope that she's just wants to be herself and can relax just stop. Yeah, just we stop. Just I don't stop. even. I don't even want to get into all that right now. <laughs> well, I have my own. Our... I have my own little <laughs> comments on that. On that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, good luck to you guys. Don't be a Kardashian. To get this open. Don't be a Kardashian. Okay. Today we are drinking Mike's Hard Lemonade Peach Lemonade. Yeah, I just opened leftover. up a new one. It was leftover from a party I had. Oh. <laughs> it was leftover. That party was swinging. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Okay. Yeah, drinking, drinking. It's yeah, good. Yeah, so it's good. It's the good. Peach lemonade is good. Peach lemonade is good. Um, yeah. So I think that's like what. Or what the what it's the fuck, what of, the fuck of the week? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The third is never mind. Okay. Tamara's gonna go first today. Yeah. So our theme is um, Friday the thirteenth. Uh, well, not Friday thirteenth, but I guess now it is Friday the thirteenth. This is our thirteenth episode, so mine happened on a Friday the thirteenth. Um, yours did too, mm-hmm. also on a Friday 13. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So this is, um, this is one that I had seen a couple months ago, probably, in, I guess, April or so. Um, sorry, I have to get to my notes. And it was on Oxygen. And it's a show called In Cold Blood, hosted okay. by Ice Cube. Oh, and we were talking about Ice Cube at the beginning of the mm-hmm. show. Well, not the beginning of the show. Before we start recording, yeah. um, we were talking about Ice Cube. And um, so let's see if this is the same story that you have. So Brittany Kilgore? Nope. Okay. So this happened April 13, 2012. And Mine's 2012. Oh, is it? <laughs> is it April 13th? <laughs> No. <laughs> oh, I was like, okay, then that that's was a, crazy. That so was 2012 murdering. had several Friday the 13th. I guess is that so. Possible? Gosh, that is. Is that possible? Well, I guess so. I thought it was a rare occasion. Friday the 13th is not a good day. That was a bad year. What happened in 2012? <laughs> yeah, that was like not. A bad year. That was a bad it was year. A cloud. <laughs> it was a cloud of a year. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, Brittany Kilgar and. Um, Story starts off, she's uh, 19 years old. She grew up in rural Missouri, um, O'Fallon, Missouri. And she was shy. She had a small circle of friends, um, pretty much kept to herself. And as she got older, she started blossoming and started realizing, like, 
I'm pretty and I'm not this ugly duckling that I thought I was growing up. Kind of like what we were talking kind about. Kind of like Kindle should have had yeah, time right. to do that. Exactly. Exactly. And just yeah. grow into your looks. Yeah. Be normal. Just like let it li- let it happen. Because sometimes you just grow into your looks. I feel and like that's become, what happened with me. I grew into them. Me too. I would rather yeah. be attractive at an older age because you're older longer than you are younger. That is true. Anyway. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. You go, Preach girl. It. Preach girl. it. Preach girl. it. Preach it. <laughs> Sorry. Come on, Brittany. Come on. So she realized that. But um, because she was so shy, she was still very, very shy. She didn't date a lot. So she gets her first boyfriend at 19. They meet at church. His name is Corey Kilgore. So you can tell they got married because she has the same last name I now. was like, wait, is this her brother? <laughs> <laughs> I know I've had something to drink. <laughs> I know. 18? Okay. 19. Okay. He's 20. And they meet in 2009. Um. Here's her first boyfriend. He made her feel good about herself. This is the first time she's ever heard, like, nice things about herself, like, you're oh, pretty. Oh, yes, yes, yes. All these lovely compliments yep. and everything, you know, which is, is good for a first boyfriend, that you have at least a good experience yes. with a first boyfriend. True. So they surprise her family by um, – they were dating a year. They get engaged. Okay. And he – I have a feeling it probably was he had joined the military. He had joined the Marines. Yes. And we know how those military guys are sometimes. <laughs> they want to get. I don't know anything personally about I that. I do. I do. <laughs> but I've heard. They want to get married. There's a portion of them that want to get married yes. immediately. Yes, want to get married immediately. Like you meet them and they are ready to get married. Yeah. I was just talking about this the other day with somebody. And so, anyway, and so they get engaged, they end up getting married. Um, her family says this is, like, the happiest they'd ever seen her in their entire life. Like, she was so excited because um, he was going to be stationed at Camp Pendleton in um, San Diego. And so she decided to be able to go to California. She'd never been anywhere else, right. you know, outside of Missouri. And so she was super excited to start this new life with him. So they move. Um, and that was the spring of 2010. They end up moving to a suburb of San Diego called Fallbrook. And there she meets a girl named Elizabeth Hernandez, and she's a military wife also. They become super, super close friends. They're like closest sisters. Okay. And so while she's um, – Elizabeth starts introducing her to other people, other like girls and stuff in town, other military wives, and she's basically her way to – um, introducing her into everybody, like the mm-hmm. whole military wife society yeah. and all that kind of stuff. And while she's doing all of this, though, her marriage is falling apart. <laughs> and probably because they didn't date very long. Right. They were young. Right. They didn't know each other very well. Mm-hmm. They just start fighting and stuff. It didn't really go into, and I couldn't find anything really into, like, what exactly was the problems going on. Communication. Who knows? Communication. Right. <laughs> exactly. How long does it take to get to nobody? To nobody. <laughs> <laughs> I made up a word. How long does it take to get to nobody? How, nobody. <laughs> nobody. I nobody you. Okay, what? <laughs> whatever. Um, yes. How, do, how long does it take to get to know somebody? I mean, there's. It takes a very long. It takes a time. long, long time. And um, when you're young, especially that was her first boyfriend. Right. You just didn't know. You don't even know how to do it. She didn't even know probably what love was or who herself. No. And so, right, exactly. And so she's just jumping into something. Feels good. Let's just do it. <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure he felt the same way too. And so get on out of O'Fallon. Uh huh. Yep. Yep. 
And so he ends up getting stationed in Afghanistan. And while he's there, she calls him on the phone and says she's ending the marriage. (sighs) Yeah. And she felt it was safer to do it that way. So I'm not really sure what was going on in the marriage because she felt better to do it while he was away. Okay. You well, know? some people are okay. Let me just say two things. We can, yeah. Some people are some people are afraid, literally, for their physical safety. But mm-hmm. some people also are just afraid because they're afraid confrontation. Right. Sometimes they, they're just they're just scared to know <laughs> that they've had to say that. And that yeah, it's hard. Be, they don't want to look at them to say it. It's hard to end a marriage, right? As someone who's done it, and it's yeah, like, I'm not. I'm not. It's not easy, and right. you know, and. Especially if, say, someone, the other person isn't in agreement with you or whatever, which yep. might have been the case with that. Sure. Because she's the one who did it. And so she ends up filing uh, for divorce. And um, so she files for divorce on uh, April 10th of 2011. And um, so she files for divorce from him um, when they – before he had moved off to Afghanistan, they had already been having issues. So they were living together, but they were in separate rooms. Okay. Um, before she decided to end the relationship. So she files for divorce. While she's packing, she gets a knock on her door. And it's from a Marine. He's a Marine sergeant who is a friend of hers and her husband's. And his name is uh, Louis Perez. So he knocks on the door, she lets him in, and he asks her if she would like to go with him on a dinner cruise. She's been dying to go on one of these dinner cruises in San Diego. And she doesn't feel comfortable, though, going with him because he has a girlfriend. And um, his girlfriend... Make sure I get her. I always get her last name saying it wrong. Um, Mariglino. So her name is Dorothy Mariglino. And so he has a girlfriend. And so she's like, um, she declines to go with him. And he's being very, very persistent, though, about it. Like, oh, yeah, like, uh, would you please go? You know, Dorothy's not going to care. It's fine. And she was just like, she just didn't feel comfortable with it. So he ends up leaving, and so she texts him, and she's like, you know, thank you um, for inviting me, um, but I'm moving anyway. Can um, uh, Do you, like, know of any guys who can help me move uh, out of my place because I want to move out tomorrow or whatever? And he's like, well, go with me tonight to the dinner uh. cruise. Yeah, and I promise five guys to help you move tomorrow. Oh, my God. So it's kind of like she feels like. No means no, motherfucker. <laughs> I know, right? Why you got to. We don't need Being you to so tell persistent. us. We don't need you to tell us what we need. Right. Yeah. Being so fucking persistent. Okay. So she decides, okay, so I'm friends. She's like, I'm friends with Dorothy, his girlfriend. I'm going to call up Dorothy and see if this is okay. And so she calls up Dorothy. Okay. Dorothy, who is six months pregnant also oh with his kid. Oh, God. Dorothy says. It's fine. Yeah, you can go. She says, like, we have tickets. We had tickets. I don't want them to go to waste. I can't go, so I'd rather you go with him. And uh, Brittany was like, okay, this is strictly platonic. This means nothing. Okay, right. I guess I'd go. Yeah. I'd go. 
and she's been wanting to go. And so this is something very elegant. Like she had to borrow a dress from a friend, like this like uh, formal dress. Wow, okay. She borrows this purple, pretty formal glittery dress um, to go. And so uh, Lewis comes and picks her up and he picks her up at 7.30. They get to where um, the cruise ship is and it's already gone. They missed it. They were late. So they decide to go to the gas lamp district, which is in San Diego, which I guess is this big, like, kind of, like, party district, probably like our Westport, you know? Sure. And they decide to go to a bar there and just, you know, let's just go ahead and have Have fun fun. here. Right. And so it starts raining. He drops her off at um, a bar. And lets her out so she doesn't have to walk, like, while he, you know, parks the car and everything. So he's like, I'm going to drop you off. I'm going to go park the car. So he drops her off. He sees her start talking to two guys in front of the bar. He goes ahead and parks the car. When he comes back, she's gone. And he says he can't find her. Hmm. So that's the last that he has seen of her. Okay. Okay. Um, her best friend during the same time, receives a text from Brittany. And it's a one-word text, and it just says, help. Oh, shit. Yeah. And so she texts back, are you okay? And so then Brittany texts back, yes, this party is great. Oh, fuck. Yeah. She knew right then something was wrong because Brittany doesn't use yes ever in her text. Right. She uses yeah. And she knew then, she's like, this doesn't right, this isn't right, doesn't sound like Brittany. And then after that, she wouldn't respond to any more texts or anything like that. She was calling, texting back, no more responses from Which her. Which is probably good so they can ping it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. So. Yes. Right. <laughs> and so uh, the next day, uh, two of her very good friends, the Elizabeth girl I was telling you about earlier, and then another friend, they go to her place. And they see Brittany hasn't even been back since the date. They could tell. Like, nothing's been touched or anything like that. And so they go and contact the police about mm-hmm. it. And they say, she was last seen with this guy named uh, Lewis. You need to check him out. At the same time, her mom's been trying to contact her, too, and okay. can't get a hold of her either. Her mom's been calling her. Her mom's been sending her picture messages and stuff. And she hasn't got a hold of her, which is odd. Right. And... Um, <clears throat> What also is uh, about this, because Brittany was packing to leave, so this is on a Friday. She had a plane ticket to leave Tuesday. She had already shipped her stuff, some a lot of her stuff already. She shipped it back mm-hmm. home. So she was definitely leaving. Right. So this wasn't something where, like, um, she had planned to go somewhere or go off somewhere. She was already planning on leaving. She was planning on leaving. Right. You know? And so um, – they contact the cops about this, and so they interview Louise, uh, Louis, sorry, I give him Louise, Louis, and he tells them that story that I just said. And uh, they go, so you didn't look for her? You know, you go back to the bar. Right. You didn't what go? The fuck? Yeah. Oh, I didn't even <laughs> I think I've had too much to drink. No, it was, yeah. that no, is okay. Really. <laughs> no, but really, it's like, what was mm-hmm. he thinking? Mm-hmm. Okay. He goes back to the bar. So he could, he's a, this girl he's with. He knows that he leaves at the front of a bar. He goes, well, 
I saw her talking to you guys, so I figured she knew them well. Oh god. Yeah. It seemed like he's like, it seemed like she knew them very well. So I just figured, you know, that if she knew them well, she probably went off and did something with them. And they go, Did you go inside the bar? No. And they're like, You didn't go inside the bar and look for her? No. I just went ahead and left. I didn't see her at the bar. I didn't see her in the front of the bar. So I just went ahead and left and went home. So that sounds really fishy. <laughs> the whole thing. Yeah. And the pregnant wife is in on it. Yeah. It sounds so fishy. God and so, it. but we also have this husband who's in Afghanistan. Right. Who she just filed for divorce three days before. Right. Just that same week she files for divorce. So they're thinking, could he have put a hit on her or something? Like had made sure something happened to her? Like they like we don't know how if, how upset he was over this. Mm-hmm. You know, if he's vengeful, something, you know? It looks like something. So they contact the military. The military does their own investigation and they clear the husband. The military they, does their own investigation. Uh-huh, the military does their oh, own that, investigation. That sounds safe. <laughs> so they clear him. They see that he had n- nothing to do with it at all or whatever. So they just – so the police are like, okay, so we're going to stick with our one suspect that we have, at least that we know, um, which is this Lewis guy. So uh, they interview him again, and he, this time in the interview – he states, so remember I said that he said that he picked her up at 7.30. He states in the interview that he knew that the cruise was leaving at 6.30. So they're like, why would you pick her up at 7.30 if you knew that you were going to be late anyway? And he right. didn't really have a response for that. They check his car. They see all this mud in the wheel well. Oh. Uh, yeah. And they ask, where did this mud come from? And he goes, oh, I went to go gather wood. And so that's where all this mud came from. Oh, And they're like, it's a lot of wood. I mean, a lot of mud. Right. You know. And so that's funny. They check his trunk and they find uh, firearms in there that are stolen, which he claims was given to him uh, by the military. And he says he didn't know that they were stolen. Okay. So they arrest him on that. So at least they get him something to arrest him on. And so since they were able to do that, then they're able to check his um, home. So he lives with his girlfriend, uh, Dorothy Mariglino, who I mentioned earlier, who's six months pregnant. And they go into their house. And when they go in there, they do a search. And they check the basement. And they find, Mm-mm. no, they find is a sex dungeon in the basement. Ugh. Like they have like, like it's like. Fifty Shades of Grey on, like, steroids. <laughs> like, uh-huh. it's like there's, like, the spider web thing on the wall. There's all – Yeah, there's all these whips and chains and all this kinky, kinky, kinky stuff. Like – Oh, man. Yeah, they see that in there. And then there's this girl sleeping down there. And uh, they asked her who that is, and she goes, oh, that's our roommate. Uh, her name is Jessica Lopez. And you probably won't be able to wake her up because she uh, takes these heavy meds and she sleeps all day. That's fucking crazy. Yeah. And so they did oh, their okay. yeah they did their search and the girl never woke up during their whole search. Did they see if she was alive? 
I thought least. they didn't say that, but I think ma'am, she, was, she ma'am, was alive. Shake, shake, shake. She ma'am. was alive, though. But they didn't mention, but she was alive. Did they try to <sighs> wake her? I mean, they this did. is crazy. They must have. They must have. They had to have. They must have. Because, yeah. Because I know she was alive. <laughs> so right. she was alive. And um, so they decide, they um, end up taking, um, because they found, like, in there, like, a stun gun that had blood on it and some, like, other, like, mm. uh, other things that, like, had blood on it. And so... Sex and blood mm-hmm. don't typically right. go together. Right. And so Dorothy said she's a, a dominatrix. And uh, she said, actually, her and Lewis, they had a contract with the girl, the girl that the heavy sleeper in the house, Jessica. And she was their slave. Oh, my God. And they actually called her the money bitch. Uh, she makes the money? She's the one who makes the money. She goes to work every day and makes the money for the house. Like sex work? No, I think she had a regular job. She has a real fucking job, and she comes back to be the slave. Yes, and she comes back to be the slave. There's a contract she had signed with them to be their slave. Okay. Um, Did she finally verbalize that, too? Yeah. Okay, so she liked it. Yes, yes. she. Yes, yes. She volunteered to be their slave. If that's what she likes. She called him Master. She called him Master Ivan, and she called her Mistress D., um, okay. Right. And so, um, and it comes out, Brittany uh, knew about it. And Brittany's friend, Elizabeth, her best friend, knew about it. Elizabeth is the one who met Dorothy, the pregnant lady. Because okay. she met her through, um, you know, like uh, those um, um, uh, yard sale sites. <laughs> okay. And she was selling some fertility monitor thing. Okay. And so they met that way. They became friends. And so Brittany and her best friend actually became friends with, like, um, Dorothy and Lewis. And actually they knew Jessica. And they knew about their whole situation. They knew about their lifestyle. They were fine with it. You know, they were they just didn't want to be a part of it, you sure. know. But they were friends. They would go over there. They would watch movies. While the girls in the basement. They would hang out. Yeah, they would hang out. They would cook, <laughs> bake, and stuff together. That's crazy. Yes. But then there are also uh, stories were saying that Dorothy and Lewis wanted Brittany and her friend to be part of their oh, of course. family, in quotations. Of course. Yeah. And so it was kind of like <clears throat> they were, you know. Trying to butterball. Yeah, exactly. So such a good, happy place. We're a happy family. We'll take care of you. Yeah, we'll take care we're of to- her. we're a family. You know, fun, fun, fun. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, and so anyway, so um, they have they take away that stuff, and they are they're super suspicious, you know, but they don't have anything tying things together. So the mom, uh, Brittany's mom, gets a phone call from a guy. Who found Britney's phone? So she calls, and first she's thinking, "Oh my God, this is Britney," because it's calling from her number. And then it's a guy who's on the phone, and so her heart sinks, and she's like, Ugh. "And he's like, I found this phone." Um, and she's just like, "This is my daughter's phone. Who's missing? You need to get this to the cops right, right away." So he gets it to the cops. They're able he's to start all touching it. I know, God. right? <laughs> He was trying to sell it, you know. He was oh, gonna sell it. Shit. Yeah, he's I know. It. He's 
was wiping it off. I know. It down. I'm surprised he even called. I'm surprised he even called any numbers on it. Dang you it. know. And so, um, <clears throat> give it to the cops, and the cops are um, the cops check. They're checking the, all the numbers and stuff in there, and they're checking like what you're talking about. Then they can see the the pings from the mm-hmm. phone. They see that Brittany was like not in the gas lamp district at all. She was in the area of Lewis's home. Lewis's home, like, uh, around the time when she sent that text to her friend saying help. Really? Yeah. He was leading her down, and she was like, help. Yeah. So they they were able to get that, and then they also saw at the same time he was texting – his girlfriend, and telling her to get home at that same time. He was texting her, come home. So they were able to see, like, all that was going on at the same time. And uh, then a couple days after that, uh, the police go back to the house, and then they find Dorothy's gone and Jessica, the, uh, (laughs) the sleeper, was gone. So both of them are gone. Most of the things are out of the house. Oh, Lord. And so they're like, they don't know where they are. They end up finding them at a hotel or motel. Right. Let's (laughs) be correct. Right. Let's get the terminology right. Correct. In in the area. So they get there. When they go to the um, hotel room, they listen outside the room and they hear all this moaning and stuff going on. And it sounds like someone's in distress. So they open up the, the door and they see blood all over the Good place. God. I know. And they have the real pictures and stuff. It was bloody mess. Ugh. And Jessica is on the floor moaning. And she has the all these. The sleeper. And she has cuts and stuff all over her. And she's just bleeding. And then there's this note that says, like, um, to the pigs, you know. Yeah. Good God. All right. And so then. It's a note where she's confessing to murdering Brittany. And she's saying that all this stuff, all this, all the things they did to her, like, you know, like, it didn't get into all the details, but it sounded horrible graphic. Like, like she had a long, drawn-out death, you know? They were like, enjoying it. They were mutilating her That's body awful. and everything. And even, even after she was killed, so they ended up, after she was killed, she strangled to death. And then she tried to dismember her body, but Good she couldn't. God. Yeah. And so she ends up, like, dropping her body off at a lake. And so she's in this confession letter. She's saying, don't blame Master Ivan or Mistress D. I did all of this. You're blaming the wrong people. They're innocent. Oh, this is the sleeper? Yes. The sleeper uh-huh. writes this? The sleeper writes it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the sleeper is the one in the hotel room with all the cuts. She's admitting it, but yeah, she's, she's admitting the one cut it, up. But she's the one cut up, and she's also a slave, so she'll do anything slave, for them, right. you know? So uh, the police read this. Of course, they don't believe it. They believe all of them were in on it. They all um, end up getting arrested. They end up for in charge with murder. <sighs> My and God. I know. Louis Ray Perez, who's 45... Dorothy Mariglino, she was 36, and Jessica Lopez was 25. So then on October 21st of 2015, uh, they were all three convicted, uh, first-degree murder, and they were sentenced to life without parole. Um, 
Brittany. Did Jessica die? No, she survived. She, she she's, she's in jail a, too. She's she's in jail too. So all three of them. She survived the the attempted suicide. So yeah, when they don't know if she did that or if you right. know they right. did it to her. Right, exactly. Which probably was done to her. Right. They probably drugged her up. I thought. They sure. probably drugged her up and did that and probably wrote the note and everything, you know, mm-hmm. or forced her to write it before mm-hmm. they did it. So Brittany's mom said, I hope that each day in prison is miserable until you draw your last breath. May God grant you forgiveness because I can't. God, that's just so evil. I know. That's what I just like, too. It's just really, really So the awful. husband had nothing to do with it. The husband had absolutely nothing to do with it. And he actually said in the special that he did not have a problem with the police looking into him because he said he would look into himself because she had just filed for divorce sure. that same week. God, that guy's. I'm sorry for him. Yeah, he said that he, he was known around town for a while as, like, the guy who killed his wife. And so he didn't right. like that. He was, about to get, he was about to get a divorce. He didn't mm-hmm. want to do that. That was travi- you know, travesty. And, like, and yeah, then the next day, you know, it's murder. And murder. then you're looked into for it. And then right. you find out what happened. It's just so Awful. tragic. And Brittany had absolutely nothing to do with this BDSM lifestyle or anything like that. So just want to make that clear. She didn't want to have anything to do with it. You know, she didn't want to even date this guy or anything like that. She just wanted to go on a freaking dinner cruise. And she kind of felt bullied into it I think you know mm-hmm. and so um you know that's something she couldn't help that's like terrible it's just I mean you know? not that there's anything wrong with BDSM lifestyle no. none of and I'm saying like just because you do that you're gonna go to this sure um it's an extreme this is extreme uh what I was uh, uh what I forgot to mention also was during the trial there you had interviews with other people who had been their slaves and slaves had mentioned that they had had um Lewis and Dorothy had had these fantasies of kidnapping somebody against their will and, uh, like, uh, torturing them and all that. And so uh, this was some fantasy, and obviously this is something that they'd probably been planning for a while and decided to do. Can you imagine that baby that was in utero? I know. While mom was doing that? I know. I know, right? That poor baby. I know. And then to find it, kid's going to find this out later? That this is like what their mom was like? Maybe. Probably. Probably. Maybe. We'll see. I don't know who has a kid. I'm hoping somebody loving and caring. Yeah. And far, far, far from that reality. Yeah. So, yeah, the story just really upset me. It upset me when I first saw it. Um, And still like upsetting and everything, you know? Yeah. It's like crazy. So, it's a Friday 13th thing. They probably did it because it was Friday the 13th. You know what? I bet it had something to do with that. I would not be surprised yep. at all. Like, you know, I think the whole thing was just so planned out, you know? And 2012 was clearly the year of Friday the 13th. I guess so. And um, that you have one too. Yeah. Mine's different. Oh, okay. Okay. But it's still insane. So my story is about 51-year-old Captain Francisco Chitino, okay. or Captain Coward, as he's been called, okay. and his what-the-f decision he made on a Friday on Friday the 13th of January 2012. Okay. Okay, so this is um, the names and places I will likely butcher. Okay. Because I, I don't know how <laughs> okay. to speak Italian. Oh, okay. This happened in Italy? Um, it happened on the coast. Okay. Okay, so... 
Oh, I know what story you're saying. Okay. <laughs> so to start, I will go over a few things mm-hmm. about his, his job position because I personally don't know um, or I didn't know. Mm-hmm. So as a captain, he is ultimately responsible under the law for aspects of the operation, such as safe navigation of the ship, mm-hmm. its cleanliness, its seaworthiness, safe handling of all cargo, management of all personnel, inventory of the ship's cash and stores, and maintaining the ship's certificates and documentation. Like, I truly just thought that they, they like, steered the That's ship. That's a lot of stuff okay? that they had like, they're in charge of. All of that. And I watched a show on Bravo called Below Deck. Have you ever watched that? No. Oh. You I should. will have to. And it's about a crew members um, that are on a yachting ship. And okay. it does have a captain and stuff on it. But they never even go into detail about what all the captain does. I didn't know the captain did. All of that. And these cruises can last a long time. Yeah, they can last a long time. Yeah. Remember the friend I had that was this cruise ship singer? Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, okay, so let's see. Um, oh, the cruise ship captains make between $70,900 and $154,000. Okay. Okay. All right. So, but they also were like always gone. That's true. They're always on. So is that even enough? But they are also some of them – most of them are visiting awesome locations, you know? True. They're in really great locales and stuff. And they so. have people that also do the job that they do. They, yeah. You know. But, I mean, you're traveling the world. Sure. Do you know? So that's, like, not a bad job to get paid for. Okay. <laughs> so, um, but and then the statement, the captain goes down with the ship, is only an idiom and a maritime tradition that in an emergency he will either save everyone or die trying – but it has no legal, it's, legal it's, obligations. So he doesn't have to. No. Like yeah. legally, he doesn't have that's to. Just it's just like, something they say. That's just something they say. But is yeah. that something that they actually do? That it's they believe? That's something that they – this is how it should be. Okay. Like as a captain, this is how it should okay. be. But you don't have to. But you don't have to. <laughs> and you're not going to get in trouble if you don't. <laughs> okay. So Captain Francisco Chatino was cruise ship captain for the luxury Italian cruise, the Costa Concordia. Um, which was known for its large upper deck holding a glass-edged pool, and the ship had several extra large spas in comparison to the regular cruise ships. Okay, so this so is fancy. Yeah, it's very fancy. <laughs> okay, so the coast- I wonder how much it would cost to have like. <gasps> Dang it! I thought I looked everything. Up. I should have looked at it. Like, how much was it to? Right, take it. Oh shit! Okay. <laughs> All right, so the Costa Concordia was on its first leg of the cruise around the Mediterranean Sea, uh, carrying more than 4,000 passengers and crew on January 13th, 2012. That's a lot of people. I mean, yeah. That's I think, a lot. And I think other numbers were like 4,200, so it's even like a couple hundred more. Mm. Okay, so that's a lot of people. So just hours after leaving the Italian port of Civitavicia okay. <laughs> at 2130, Captain Chitino steered the ship too close to the rocks on the island of Giglio as a salute or a gesture of respect upon the departure of the Italian islands. Oh. He was reportedly showing off to a Moldovan Moldovan? Moldovan dancer um, with whom he was having an affair. Really? Yeah. Showing off? Yeah. Was she like in the – In the room with him. Okay. Like, look (laughs) – Look what I can do with this big ship. Look at at my big ship. Hong Kong. (laughs) Okay. Uh, 
So the ship was going 16 knots, which is 18.41 miles per hour. Okay. So 18 miles. Kind of, I mean, whatever. Slow. Okay. No. But you, I, mean, I guess, but I don't know how I have no ships. idea how yeah. they feel. Yeah. Not like that could be stop. fast for a ship. I don't it's know. Not even gonna, it's not like it's going to stop. Right. <laughs> right away. Okay. So anyway, it hit a rocky outcrop at so at 2145. So this is 15 minutes later. So he says, steer it over here. Uh-huh. Let's do a little wavy wave. And then 15 minutes later, they hit rock. Okay. Uh-huh. So the ship suffered a massive gash along the left-hand side of the ship and started taking in water, like, rapidly. Uh. It began to tilt. And the engine rooms were flooded and the power was lost. Wow. The crew struggled to assess the situation and relay and um, they relayed incomplete information to the Italian authorities. Why? Because they didn't know they just what didn't the hell know. was going on. Okay. <laughs> it wasn't like, like on purpose. We don't know okay. what's happening. Okay. <laughs> um, and so uh, thanks to BBC, they have a, a very um, exact time of events. So we're going to mm. use BBC's <laughs> information here. Thank you. Um, so at 2152, the chief engineer and electrical officer tried and failed to start the ship's um, emergency diesel generator. Okay. Shortly afterwards, passengers were told that the ship was suffering a blackout. But the situation was under control. The same information was given to the harbor master at Civitavicia. Okay. So they're like, oh, everything's okay. Yeah. This is okay. Yeah. Well, you don't want to worry. Yeah, we don't want to worry you. Yeah. We don't want you to get to safety right away. Yeah, but we. But they also weren't thinking like it was a dangerous situation, were they? No, I don't know. But can you imagine oceans of water coming know, in coming and taking in? down? Okay. So anyway. Uh, positioning data shows that the Costa Concordia turned and began to drift backwards towards back towards the island's port soon after 2200 due to investigators say a combination of the wind and rudder position to the starboard whatever mm-hmm. okay as it drifted the ship began to list in the opposite direction probably caused by the water and the damage hull rising to the far side during the turn so it's like shifting yeah shifting one side of the water. yeah other That's, side imagine being on there it's okay um so at 2212 <laughs> the coast guard called and the, called the ship to say passengers were reporting problems to the local police but the captain replied we have a blackout and we're checking the conditions on board so he's still so, this is this in is, denial this is like 30 minutes later, he's yeah. still like, we're dealing with he's it. He's in denial. He doesn't want to admit like he <laughs> fucked up. We're dealing with it. Yeah, he doesn't want to admit it. Band-aid that shit. Yeah. <laughs> so at 22.22, the captain gave orders to tell the Coast Guard that they had had a failure and needed help from the tugboats. The radio oper- operator did this and added that all the passengers had been given life jackets, no one was injured, and there was a gash in the left side of the ship. At 22.33, the general emergency alarm was raised and passengers were told to go must go to muster stations and await instructions. What is that? I don't know. And I didn't want to Okay. I'm assuming it's like the place you go. <laughs> when there's danger. <laughs> the muster station. There's lots of mustard. Bring the cat, hot dogs. Hot dogs. It's, a, it's a food affair. Okay. So by 22.48, the ship had settled on the rocky seabed, tilting by more than 30 degrees. The captain finally gave the orders to abandon ship at oh 2254. So wow. about an hour later, which after about an hour, he's like, okay, okay, let's go. Let's go. Okay. Let's go. It's, it's bad. He then went to go change into civilian clothes from his captain's uniform so he could blend in with the passengers oh. to abandon the ship. Oh, at so no one would say anything. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, so like, aren't you the captain? Wait. 
Aren't you supposed to be There's going down? There's 300 people still in there, sir. Gosh. So at 23:19, he left the second master to coordinate the evacuation. However, by 23:32, so just 20 minutes later, yeah. the second master also left the bridge. Wow. Okay. Leaving around 300 passengers and some crews on board. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So most passengers escaped in lifeboats, but evacuation efforts were hampered by the angle of the tilting ship. The Coast Guard launched boats and helicopters to carry stranded passengers to safety. At midnight, at midnight, dozens of passengers remained, many clinging to the exposed side of the ship. Can you imagine? You're no. just on fucking vacation. Yeah, I know. Uh, no. You're on this work? luxury vacation. Okay. You're all excited You're about. You're dressed in heels. You, yeah, you got your you tight nice. dress on. Your Dior dress. Your dress is so tight you cannot <laughs> even sit. Now you're clinging to a goddamn boat. Right. <laughs> okay, so in conversation recorded at 42, I don't know what that means. A Coast Guard commander ordered the captain to get back on board, and he did not want to <laughs> want to do that. He I'll- went ashore. It said <laughs> the rescue continued over the weekend with a ship safety and people off- are still on the board over the days weekend. Days later. Days later. So the ship's safety officer, Mariko Giampetroni, being was discovered and evacuated with a broken leg at 12 o'clock on Sunday. This is two days fucking later. He's been uh, sitting you know, there broken, with a broken, broken leg. leg. Oh, my uh, gosh. And a South Korean couple was also uh, rescued. Oh, my gosh. I can't. Never let go. I know. <laughs> um, Captain Shatino was arrested and later went on trial, charged with multiple counts of manslaughter and abandoning ship. Did people die? Uh Uh-huh. 32. Wow. Yep. He admitted to making a navigational error and told investigators he had ordered the turn too late as the ship sailed close to the island. Too close to the island. Oh, my God. The ship's owner, Costa Cruises, um, said the captain had made an unapproved, unauthorized deviation in course, sailing too close to the island to show the ship to the locals. He was showing it off. Yeah. He was showboating. He was showing it off in front of his girlfriend. Look, honey. Look what I can do. Oh, God. Look at them. They're all excited. The, the strangers are waving at us. Like, she even cares. She's like, everything. <laughs> the ship was eventually refloated, refloated in J- July 2014 and taken to Genoa to be scrapped. So two years later, yeah, just, they they had a bidding war. It was like who can do it? It's gonna because it really? was an undertaking. They said it was a massive undertaking oh, really? to get it out. Oh. It was like sunk. Wow. Um, on November third, twenty fourteen, mm-hmm. more than two years and nine months after the wreck, the body of Giglio, Giglio, Helio, Giglio, Giglio. Just pick a pronunciation. Stick with it. I feel really Giglio. Bad. I feel really <laughs> Gigliano. Is that no? no? Okay. Not, not helping. Okay. Giglio Russell Rebella. Rebello. Sorry, sir. An Indian waiter was found. He was found two years and Alive? nine months later. No. Oh. Well, you were like, he was found. His body you was said found. it all excitedly. I was like, no, I'm just, I, I guess I'm trying to make up for the fact that I botched his name. Okay. So he was found. Like, not, this is not, oh, but he was, well, that's bad. Like, he was, okay. His remains were discovered in the cabin on the eighth deck of the giant liner while it was being scrapped. So they're like terrible. ripping through it. And then they find him. Oh, my that's God. Terrible. 
I was thinking the smell from that place. It just from oh, the fish that it's awful. and the decay, the, and everything, the all the rot. You the wouldn't food, know even the food. You all of it, all of it, just bad clothes. Clo- uh huh. Oh god. Okay. So yeah, it's not like you'd be like, "There's a body in here, man." No, no, the whole thing probably just stunk. So bad. Okay. Uh, so while awaiting charges on July fifth, twenty fourteen. This is after right. Mr. Rubello was found. Uh-huh. Chatino was asked to speak at an off-campus lecture for a course on panic management. Okay, so wait, wait what happened with was he on trial for this? You he, say? They were awaiting. Oh, there's waiting. Okay. So he's like not up. on trial. Mm-hmm, not yet. Okay. Taken for a while. Okay. He's just out. Okay. He's out. All right. Um, uh, I'm doing speaking engagements. At least this one, yeah. Um, um, on a course of panic management. Where at? Who would hire him for this? It was organized by professor, uh, a professor of at Rome University, Vincenzo Mastronardi. Oh, why? Who teaches at the university's faculty of medicine? Um, no. <laughs> Is it like not what to do? Like Chitino <laughs> spoke at the end of the lecture. After a 3D reconstruction of the sinking ship was shown. During the lecture, he says, quote, I was invited because I'm an expert. I illustrated how situations of panic should be managed, discussing the human element in these situations. <laughs> After all, I've sailed across every sea in the world. I know how one should behave in cases like this. No. How one needs to act when they are they, when there are crew members of different nationalities. Uh, no. Captain Shatino has um, has consistently maintained that he that it was only thanks to his expertise and quick thinking that the ship capsized in shallow water. Shut up! Like it wouldn't have happened if it was for you, dude. Like, God, he forgot. It's like he forgot. Yeah. Um, shallow. It, okay, it it capsized in shallow water, just a few hundred yards from the shore, rather than drifting out into deep shut water. Shut up! Like you're shut dumb. The fuck up, asshole. <laughs> Um, had the sh- had the ship sank there, it, there could have been hundreds, even thousands of casualties no, rather no. than the 32 people. There would people, be like none if it wasn't for you. He says rather than the 32 people who lost their lives in the tragedy. Oh, uh, he's probably uh, only 32. Come on now. Like what if it was like his, one of his family members that was part of that 32? What if it was their girlfriend that was part of that 32? You know? So upsetting. Like... He received an academic recognition um, for no. his lecture and was part of a course run by the Department of Forensic Psychiatry. What the fuck? Dude. His lawyer, Domenico Pepe, love that name, <laughs> said, Captain Chitino is a very able person and fully capable of managing difficult situations of panic, as he amply demonstrated <laughs> in the night on the night of the disaster. You're a lawyer paid to say stuff like that. Come on, Pepe. <laughs> Domenico Pepe. <laughs> the most Italian name. It is so. I love him. Dominical Pepe. If he wasn't such a <laughs> douchebag on this statement, Yeah, if he didn't like, you know, have wanna, horrible clients. I would want to kiss his face. Okay. Uh, I don't. And then you look him up and then you're like, no. He's got like, I picture him with a must, a skinny, skinny mustache. You're picturing him like you. And he's, he's like, got a no. Sk- no, he's got a Pepe. <laughs> skinny, he's got skinny, a skinny, Pepe. skinny Pepe mustache. Uh, uh, you're picturing, a, are you picturing him like Pepe Le Pew? Pepe, Pew? No, Le I guess Pew? he was um, French, right? Okay. So... Um, okay, but the revelation that he had, uh, but okay, but the revelation that he had lectured on crisis management caused widespread indignation. It should. His participation in the university course offends the memory of the victims and yeah. the image of 
Italy in the eyes of the world. Yeah. A group of right centered or wait, a group of center right senators said in a statement of protest, it seems an insult to assess him or assign him any capabilities of managing panic. Yeah. Listen. I mean, come on. Like, really? That seems like a joke. You (laughs) have offended Italy. Yeah, the whole country. The whole country. The whole country is offended. Except for Rome University. Except for for Domenico (laughs) Pepe and Rome University. Okay. On February 11, 2015, after a 19-month trial, wow, Judge Giovanni Mm Pugliati, Pugliati, Read the verdict sentencing Shatino to 16 years in prison. Oh. And he is on probation from navigating navigating yeah. for five years. So after five years, he's back. But he's in but he's in prison though. I don't know time. if I don't know if you it don't falls know if it's in like, line. Right. Dude, you better make sure that five years is added on at the end of that sixteen. Right. Like well, is that like you served during that time? Well, well, you were five of those sixteen years you served. <laughs> You're fine. Well, you're fine. You can go ahead and, you yeah, know. sail it. Go ahead and sail you it. You served You can it. be a captain. <sighs> you know what? I'm glad, though, that they gave him time because I, I was really thinking he wasn't going to get time. Yeah. Oh, he got time. The 16-year verdict is composed of 10 years for manslaughter, five years for causing the shipwreck, and one year for abandoning his passengers. Good. That's, and he's actually serving it right now? He's, or? It. he's there. He went okay, in. Okay, good. Um... He went in February 11, 2015. Good. Good, good, And he's there. He's still there. Good. Still not sailing any ships. Good. And doesn't have any girlfriend he's trying to show off for. Who who knows what he's getting? (laughs) Really, though? Getting sausages. Gross. Well, yeah, some of those foreign prisons, they – I don't know how it is in Italy, but I know some of them, they do allow, like – or they sneak in girls from – Oh, oh. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if it's like that in Italy, but I have heard of that like in South America. That's they do nuts. that. Yeah. Who are the girls? Prostitutes usually. Mm-hmm. <sighs> They'll do, you know. Sex workers. Sex, sex workers. Let me get the correct name. So, yeah. Don't yeah, don't want to offend. Anyway, so that is that is that guy. That is, what did I call him? The Captain What is his Ga- name? Captain, Captain Coward? Coward? Captain Coward. He's... He's a real coward. Yeah, he is a coward. You jerk. I mean, shit. I'm glad he got time though. I'm super you know, glad. I don't know if I could hold up to. I'll sail. I'll sink with the ship either. I'd probably be like, I gotta go get my clothes on. But do you think like <laughs> I would never know have- if I was a captain though? I don't know if like if you make that kind of commitment. I mean, if, you know, if you're like, dude, you know what I wouldn't do is put my my people's life at risk. That, right. I mean, I know Dido wasn't a captain, and she saying I will go down with this ship. Oh, so, Dido? Yeah, Dido, white flag. I will go down with this ship. Oh, my. So Dido was, you know, she wasn't captain, and she was going to go down with the ships. Didn't she do a song with Eminem? Mm-hmm. God, 2000. <laughs> oh, my God, so, I have yeah. a song in my head. <laughs> I w- I'm singing it really loud in my head. In your head. <laughs> I'm like, it's not going to come out. we got to end the show before I start singing it. <laughs> Um, so I want to thank you <laughs> for giving me the best days of our life. <laughs> Look it up, guys, Dido. Yeah. Um, okay, so that this is it. This is the two two things. I think we did a good Friday the 13th. Mm-hmm. 
you know. So yeah, thirteenth episode, Friday thirteenth. Um, yeah, 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 well, yeah. Yeah, Friday thirteenth is like hardly ever good. Although my last Friday thirteenth, I think, was fine. Yeah, it was a good day. A turned, good day. It, turned it around. Yeah, so it wasn't bad. And yeah, my mom was born on Friday thirteenth. Well, see, so that's great. Something good. So there's something good. Yeah, and doll. actually, April the thirteenth, which was the date of my girls passing. Was it a Friday? Yeah, it was a Friday. Damn it. I know. Was yours a Friday? This, what do you mean? Like on your, your story. Was this? it a Friday? Uh-huh. Yeah, Friday the 13th. Okay. January 2012. Remember there was so many Friday the 13th since yeah. January 2012? Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> I'm going to have to look and see if that's called. Maybe it's like, dude, there's one Maybe every month. Maybe something every, I know. There's like, there's a Friday the 13th every month. Well, there's a lot of Friday. I do know there's a lot of Friday the 13th <laughs> of the year. There's like a few of them a year. <laughs> I do know that because I paid to do that. I totally didn't know. Okay, well, there are a few, so we can probably do this again. (laughs) But anyway, we thank you guys for listening. Thank you. We want you to um, subscribe, listen, share with a friend. Um, rate us, rate us, five, rate us stars. five stars. Tell us what you did on Friday the Thirteenth. Right, and um, it better not be a murder. Don't murder anybody. Yeah, no murdering people. Come on. Don't be, don't be a dick. Don't be dicks. Just be nice. Positivity. Yep. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's it. We're we're it. We're out. Peace out. Bye. Bye. <laughs>